Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, where we explore how we can better understand our thoughts, feelings and actions, change our results and feel less alone as we navigate that crazy thing called life. My name is Emily Chabourne and I am a mindset coach and I recorded this episode live in my free Facebook group, That Crazy Thing Called Life. If you're not a member yet, head to the show notes to join this epic community of over 3,000 people and you'll be able to join me live next week as I record the next episode of Unashamedly Human, the podcast. Dear M, I am a single 39-year-old woman like you. I have a great job, lovely friends, I'm in good health and generally I'm loving life. But my family and friends, specifically my mum, are on at me all the time about finding a boyfriend. My mum especially. She says she worries about me being single. I often hear you speak about how being single doesn't bother you and I was hoping you could speak more to this for me. Cheers, love from insert name. P.S. I'm loving your content and I'm telling all my girlfriends about you. Well, thank you for telling all of your girlfriends about me. If anybody else is loving this content, I'd love it if you could tell your girlfriends about me too. You can point them to this podcast, Unashamedly Human, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, at my website, emilychabron.com, and now on YouTube as well. Being single. So normally when I do these episodes, I try and have some kind of like list or something to give you. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to talk you through my three top tips or let me give you five steps too. Because that sort of linear numbered step by step, point by point is easier for our brains to comprehend. And it means that I can ensure that I'm conveying all of the points that I want to make. But with this one, I think I'm just going to rant. So I'm not quite sure what's about to come out of my mouth. But those quite often are the most valuable and exciting episodes. So what do I think about the fact that you are 39 and single? (sighs) I have days when being single does suck. And I wouldn't want anyone to look at my life through the very filtered, slithered lens of social media and think I'm so cool with being single and therefore I should be cool with being single, but I'm not cool with being single. So what's wrong with me? Because that is counterproductive to everything that I stand for and everything that the Unashamedly Human brand stands for. In the most part, I am very happy and very content with my life. I stand firm in the belief that I would rather be on my own than be in a relationship that doesn't meet my standards, that sees me compromise my values, that doesn't challenge me to be my best self, that I lose myself to, that I am in a codependent relationship with that isn't, perfect is the wrong word, but I'm going to use it anyway, fucking perfect for me, including the challenges. And I have been in relationships in the past when I knew that they weren't right for me and I went into them anyway because I thought that it was better to be with somebody than be alone. And that wasn't true. There is no lonelier feeling than being in a relationship and feeling alone. I'd rather be alone and feel alone. 
So that's where I stand right now, is that I am willing to hold out for an extraordinary relationship, for a relationship that ticks all the boxes, that isn't a compromise. Do I need to compromise in a relationship? Yes. Will I compromise on my relationship? No. And if that takes another two years, five years, 10 years to manifest, then I'm willing to wait that long. I don't want to stop gap. I don't want to filler. I don't want to settle. Having said all of that, are there days, are there moments, are there times when I'm acutely aware of my singleness and it bites? Fuck yes. Whenever I go to a wedding and I'm the only single person, whenever I go to a dinner party and I sit at the head of the table and everyone else sits next to their partners, yes, it bites, it does. And especially in lockdown, there have been times when it would have been really lovely just to be in the company of another person. There are intimacies and in-jokes and a whole life that you build with another person, the right person, and I'm in the want and desire of that for fucking sure. Will I ever be in a relationship again and allow myself to stay in a relationship again that is not right for me in the fear of being alone? No. So let me make that distinction. I'm not sitting here being like, I don't need a relationship, I'm fine. I'm sitting here saying, I would love a relationship. I'm excited about my next relationship. I can't wait for the next person to walk into my life and for it to be a thing. I'm excited about it. I can see it, I can taste it, I can feel it, I visualize it, I'm manifesting it, I'm scripting it. I'm doing everything in my power to create it. So when you see me say, or, or when you see me and assume that I'm really cool with being single, I am really cool with being single, but that doesn't mean that I don't want a relationship. How do I then cope with not being in that relationship? And the best way that I think to explain this is to tell you a little story about my flat. I used to live with this couple called Rosie and Sam. They're still like my family. They're like my siblings here in Australia. I adore them. And we lived together in full harmony for about three years. They were with me when I first started my business and made the transition from hospo to working for myself. They were with me when my mum died, when my heart got broken, when I realized I was an alcoholic, when I went to my first AA meeting. They have seen me at my absolute worst and at my most desperate and at my most broke. And they have loved me anyway. So they are good people. They're good people in my life. They're my family. They're my chosen family. Oh, sorry, just had to rescue Theodore's carrot. Which are words that only single women say, surely. No, that's not true. Theodore is my dog, by the way. If you're new to the Emily Chadbourne experience and you're like, what's going on with this Theodore thing and a carrot? He's my dog and he likes carrots. He just dropped it. I had to rescue it. So I lived with Rosie and Sam for a really long time and it was great. And then a couple of years ago, just it wasn't even spoken about. I think our lease came up and we were all like, it's time we went our separate ways. And I was about to go to Malaysia for a bit, France, the UK. I was about to take six weeks out of Melbourne. 
So I just threw all my stuff into storage and I was like, well, I'll, I'll deal with where am I going to live when I get back? And in that time, Rosie and Sam moved into their own flat. And then I came back from this extended holiday and moved back into Rosie and Sam's new spare room because I didn't have anywhere else to go. And I still, all my stuff was in storage. So I just had this one suitcase of clothes that had seen me through Malaysia and through a European summer. And I had this real picture in my head of where I wanted to live. I knew the suburb or suburbs. There were two or three suburbs that I wanted to live in because all my friends live within this sort of one little pocket here in Melbourne. So I knew which suburb I wanted to live in. I knew what my budget was. I knew the most money that I was willing to pay a week or a month. I knew that the apartment was flooded with light. I knew it had floor to ceiling windows. I could see them in my mind. I'd seen it already. I knew it was quirky. I knew there were wooden floorboards throughout. It was really close to the beach. I could taste the salt water on my lips when I imagined it. So I had quite a strict criteria about the place that I wanted to move into. And I made a deal with the universe. I said to the universe, you know what? I will look at every flat that ticks the structure of this criteria. I will do my part. I will look, I will hunt. I will take all of the opportunities, but I will not compromise. I need you to work with me here. I will not compromise on this flat. And then I went and I saw, I mean, I can't even count. I cannot tell you how many flats that I went and viewed and apartments and units. I walked into some, you know, when you walk into some and you walk in and you're like, well, I'm not going to wait around to find out who died on this floor. I am leaving immediately. So there were some that were like that. There was some where you walked in and you were like, I'm sorry, can I see the pictures that you showed on the internet? Because they do not match with what is in front of me right now. There were some that I walked in and I went, oh, this is nice. Yeah, I get it. I could live here. But it's not my place. It's not the floor to ceiling windows or it didn't have air conditioning or it wasn't close enough to the beach or there was always something. And I actually went to have a look at a few places with some friends and they were like, Emily, you are fucking tripping. Like, this place is fine. What is wrong with this place? And I was like, well, it doesn't have the light that I want. It doesn't have the floor to ceiling windows that I want. It doesn't have any quirky period features that I want. It's a bit too far back. It's a bit close to this main road. It's And literally my friends were pulling their hair out. At one point, Sam was like, will you just get the fuck out of my spare room? And I was like, no, I won't. I'm not willing to compromise. And believe me, I had doubt. I had so much doubt. I almost signed on a couple of places so close, had the pen in my hand. And this is what I learned throughout that experience. If you are willing to compromise on your dream, you will always and only ever achieve mediocre. And so I didn't sign. I had huge amounts of doubt. I cried a lot. I felt completely homeless. I'm still there with my one suitcase of clothes that I've been wearing for the last two and a half months. My stuff's still in storage. I'm trying to operate a business from my friend's spare room. It didn't feel good. And I still refused to compromise. And then one day I looked at, at pure desperation. I looked on Gumtree and there was one place up for rent on Gumtree and it had two photographs and both photographs made it look like a full on crack den. And I went to just, you know, come off the app. And then I was like, no, I made this promise with the universe that I will go and see everything in my price range in the suburb radius. 
And so I called the number and because it was a private let, so I called the number and we kind of went back and forth and could I do this date and could I do this time and she could meet me here at this time. And then the day came round and it was a Saturday morning and it was pissing it down, like absolutely hoying it down. And it was also the last time I've been sick. I haven't been sick in two and a bit years. And I was really sick. You know, when you just come, I just had this massive long trip, loads of long haul flights, really jet lagged, living in my friend's room, feeling a bit shit about my life, didn't have anywhere to live. And so I woke up feeling rat shit and it was raining outside and I'd agreed to go and pick a friend of a friend up from the airport for him. Didn't even know this person. And so I had like a 20 minute window to go and view this apartment. After I was coming back from the airport, I had like another 12 apartments or something to see that afternoon. It was just, I was just so done with it. And in my head, I lay, I lay in bed and I was like, I'm not going to go and see this shit place on Gumtree. It looks like a crack den. I'm never going to live there. What is the point? Why am I doing this? And then that little voice came back, which was, you made a deal with the universe. You have to play your part. You have to show up. You have to try. And so I got out of bed and I walked through the rain and I met this woman and the door that she took me through, I was like, fuck man, this is where I'm going to die. Like it, it's this like, like metal black grated door that kind of creaks. It's not even a front door. It looks like you're going into like a storage unit from the side of the street. And I was like, holy fuck, have I told anyone that I'm here? Because like, I don't know what's behind this door, but it can't be good. And so I walk up this set of stairs and I get to the top of the stairs and immediately I was like, well, this is where I need to live. It is the most glorious little gem of a flat in the most unlikely place. And it has absolutely everything that was on my list. With one exception, I would have wanted a bigger bathroom. And that is the only exception. Off-street parking, air conditioning, wooden floorboards, quirky features, beautiful floor-to-ceiling windows, big kitchen. It is everything that I had asked for. And... I cannot tell you how many times I almost turned around and went, oh, I'll just live here. This is fine. It'll do. It's not bad. But I didn't. I held out for my dream. And so that's what I'm doing with my future partner. I've been on dates with guys who are great. I've had lovely conversations with guys who are really lovely. And... I'd probably be quite comfortable there, but it's not, I'll know when I know. And until then I'm fucking holding out because I don't want to live in a mediocre relationship. I don't want to live in, in a world where I'm constantly wondering, could I live somewhere better than this? Is my dream house out there? And I haven't, I'm not living in it, not because it wasn't accessible to me, but because I didn't, hold true to myself. And I'm not saying that everybody in a relationship does that. I'm not saying that everybody in a relationship is compromising. I know people who are in the most phenomenal relationships, long-term, short-term, medium-term and everything in between. But I know a lot of people who are not. I know a lot of people who are, whose relationships cause them more stress than being single would. So why do they fear being single? And I think where I'm landing on that at the moment, my working hypothesis on that at the moment is this idea that 
over centuries and centuries of patriarchy and social conditioning and religious conditioning and trying to keep women oppressed and trying to keep society into some kind of regimented order so that the rich can get richer and the powerful can get more powerful, we have created this paradigm whereby if you are not married and in a relationship, then there is something wrong with you. And let's not forget that marriage was never about love. That romanticism is a relatively new unfolding in the paradigm of relationship. You only need to read Pride and Prejudice to know that marriage wasn't really about love. Every other sister, apart from the main role, married for economic reasons. Women didn't marry because they loved their husbands. They married because it was a, made economic sense. Either estates would merge and it was prearranged by their fathers or they were going to work in the poorhouse if they didn't marry somebody. It was, it was an economic trade. It had nothing to do with love. This idea that you shouldn't have children out of wedlock. Well, that was just another way to oppress women. It was another way to institutionalize women. It had nothing to do with God even. I mean, if you choose to believe that there is a God that is in the form of a human being that sits up in heaven and judges people and sends women to hell because they have sex before a man-made human constructed ceremony where two people are legally binded, then that's your choice. I choose not to believe that. That's a human construct. It's a, it's, a, it's a made up story that we have been told to believe. And then it has been reinforced through generation, generation, through story, through every single Disney cartoon that you have ever, ever watched. I was born in 1981. I grew up in the VHS Disney world where every single film that I watched told me that as a princess myself, I was worth nothing without a husband. It was my one objective. I would be happy when. Do you know how many women I know who are not happy now? Like it's bullshit. Even recognizing that it's bullshit doesn't mean that it loses its grip. It is intrinsic. It is everywhere. It is built into us. It is branded on us. This idea that as women, you are worthy if you are in a relationship. And so, of course, we feel like, what the fuck is wrong with me that I am not in a relationship? You know, I'm a spinster and that's a scary thing because, you know, back in the day, if you did not have a husband, you didn't have money, you had no earning capability. Fuck, man, we don't live in that world anymore. And in your letter to me, you said you have a great job, you have lovely friends, you're in great health and you're generally loving life. You're fucking winning. That tells me that whether by design or by fate, you have great boundaries, that you have connected wonderful people around you, that you have goals, that you have aspirations, that you have passion, that you have drive. You're fucking winning. Don't let the little fucking mermaid tell you that you need to compromise your one true gift in order to be in a relationship. The little mermaid gave up who she was 
Fuck, man. You don't need to do that. If, like me, you love reading cool stuff, listening to interesting interviews, and hearing funny, quirky stories that feel really relatable, then sign up for my famous Friday emails. They're jam-packed with awesomeness, and if you sign up and you're not into it, you can always unsubscribe. Link in the show notes, and I look forward to being in your inbox on Friday. It's Friday! Obviously, we have the biological time constraints that men don't have. We can't blame them for that. That's just the way it is. But unless you are absolutely 100% sure that you really, really want to have children, in which case, and I'm not saying go out and have children by yourself, I have no idea how hard it is to be a mother. I have certainly no idea how much harder it is to be a single mother, although I'm sure that there are some women out there who maybe don't think it's harder to be a single mother. Maybe they are in a relationship with their human child. I don't know. But... I have made my peace with the fact that as a 39-year-old woman, I'm unlikely now to have children. And so I don't think I ever chose not to have children. But I think as I have gotten older and not been in a relationship whereby I could have children with the partner and in the partnership and in the team that I would want to have children in, then that's my personal preference. I think now I'm probably looking at it going, well... All right. I think that ship for me has kind of sailed. I don't really want to have children in my early 40s and I don't want children enough to do it by myself. And so I've never really, I just always assumed I would have children, but it's never been like a burning desire for me. I've put that down, which has allowed me to go, right, so what do I, where is my advantage? Everyone has an advantage on each other right? Everybody has an advantage. You have children, you have that advantage of knowing what it is to be in that deeply loving, passionate relationship with another human being that only motherhood can deliver you. I won't experience that, unlikely to experience that. Who knows what the future holds, but from where I'm thinking and sitting and feeling right now, very unlikely to experience that. But, you know, I have a different advantage because I don't have children. Someone said this to me the other day, we were talking about women being in business and she said, well, you know, my entire business is made up of mothers because I speak to mothers because I have that experience. Now, I could look at that and be like, well, that's an unfair advantage that that woman has over me because she can speak to mothers and she can speak to motherhood. I And I don't have that narrative. There's a whole, you know, niche of women there that I'm not connecting to in the same way. That's her unfair advantage over me. My unfair advantage is that I have 24 hours a day, seven days a week to work on my business, to do the things that delight me, to speak to single women. Like no life is better or worse than the other. They're just all different. You, in terms of your unfair advantages, have loads of them. You have a great job. You have lovely friends. You're in great health and you're loving your life. Please don't let the opinion of somebody else who is trapped in a paradigm that is dated, that is constrictive, that is restrictive and that is seeped in patriarchy make you feel bad for loving your life. Hold out for the perfect fucking apartment. Hold out for the perfect fucking boyfriend. Recognize your patterns. Learn how to love yourself in the process. Prepare yourself. Make a deal with the universe. Do all of the things to encourage that relationship to come into your life. Don't block it off. Look at anything that you might be doing that is repelling a relationship. 
But don't waste your amazing opportunity of having an amazing life because of other people's fear. Your mother is in fear because her construct, her paradigm, her understanding of the world is that without partner, there is something wrong with you. And that is a shame for her and not a shame for you. You don't have to change her mind. You don't have to prove yourself to her. You don't have to bring her around to your way of thinking. You don't, that's not your business. You don't, you don't have the right to do that to your mother. Let her think what she thinks. Let her believe what she believes. Put some very firm boundaries in place. Mum, I know you love me and I love that you love me and I understand that your fear comes from loving me so much. I'm happy with my life. And that's all you ever need to want for me is for me to be happy and I am. So from here on in, we are not going to discuss my love life because I want to be able to have a really great relationship with you. End of. That's it. Firm boundary with your mother. You're a grown up. Your parent will always be your parent, but your parent needs to stop parenting you and you need to stop allowing that to happen. Be a grown up. Mum, we're not talking about this. I'm happy. That's all you need to know. Done. I love you. Done. I don't know if that's been useful, but I trust that it has. <laughs> I trust that whatever my mouth said was, was meant to be heard. And if you are a mother who is worried about your grown up single daughter, don't. If she's unhappy in her life, different story. If you're unhappy being single, you're probably going to be unhappy in a relationship too. There is a really interesting study and I can't reference it. So really this is benign information, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway, because I thought it was interesting. There was a study done where they took this huge group of subjects and they assessed their happiness before relationships. Then they assessed their happiness at the beginning of a relationship and then they assessed their happiness two years into a relationship. And the level of happiness that these people were at two years into a relationship was the same level of happiness that they were at before that relationship happened. If you wanna be in a relationship, however happy you are now is however happy you'll be two years into that relationship. So if you're not happy now, you'll just be in a relationship and not happy in two years time. Are you happy now? Answer that question and then deal with that and the relationship will either manifest this year, next year, two years time, 10 years time. I, I think because I put down the children thing, I am now so focused on how much can I love my life while still you know, saying to the universe, I'll do everything in my power. It's why I've started online dating and it's why I've started talking about being in relationships again now it's like you know you can't sit in your friend's spare room going I'm not going to go and view any apartments and I'm going to wonder why my apartment hasn't just rocked up and knocked on my front door like I'm doing my bit with the universe and and keeping an open mind and and dating but I am so firm that I will not compromise and because I've put down the children thing I am okay to not compromise for however long that takes. Um, you know, if the next true love of my life walks into my life when I'm in my mid fifties, I think how more amazing I'm gonna be when I'm in my mid fifties than I am now. You know, I'm only gonna get better. I'm only going to get better as a human being. I'm only gonna love my life more. I'm only gonna unpack my shit more. I'm only gonna be more loving and more compassionate and more generous and more kind and more abundant. 
because I made a promise to myself that I'm always on that path. That's what I love about hanging out with the women in the hub. They're on that path that it's never going to stop for them. There's no limit ever, which is why you can stay in the hub for life because you're always in the work because it's always going to get better. So I'm only ever going to be a better version of me in a year's time or five years time or 10 years time. So I'm not worried in that way. So I trust that it's been useful. I'm just going to jump into the questions and comments. Lots of lovely gratitudes coming in. 10 hours sleep. Oh, yes. Dreary here, but your smile has brightened my morning. Oh, that's nice. And grateful for all the learnings I've done through the hub. I'm grateful that you're in the hub, my gorgeous woman. I really needed to hear this today. Thank you. You are welcome. I will never compromise again. I agree. Better to be lonely alone than lonely in a relationship. Yes, I agree. Such a great share, Em. Thank you. You are welcome. Lots of yeses. Um, it's 7am here and that was just what I needed to start my day. You are welcome. That's it for today's episode. I trust you loved it. And remember, you can join me as I record these episodes live on Thursday mornings. All of the details are in the show notes. If you love this episode, I'd really appreciate you sharing it with a mate or on your socials. Please tag me, Emily underscore that crazy thing called life. You can also share it through Spotify. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review. It really helps other people find this valuable content. And as always, nothing beats a good bit of word of mouth, does it? So you let Barbara down the road know that she should have a little listen to this episode. If you're interested in joining the Unashamedly Human Hub, my global coaching community, check out the link in the show notes. See you in the next episode and keep being brave.